the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. But we're going to wrap money in the bank. Rate, rate, rates are good. Pretty exciting. You know why? Right. Free money. Yeah, yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Hey, thanks for staying with us. Welcome back to the program. This is the Big Money segment of the program. Jaron Hanowski is going to be here for the next month and a half, <laughs> I guess, while Kelvin runs around the country with his son uh, playing basketball at various tournaments here and there. Okay, so what's going on in the uh, – I got to so, – before you get into that, we just finished up a segment. Fritz was telling us about Lakeshore Properties and and uh, having a Lakeshore. You bought a cabin. Yep. Um, is there anything that we would need to know about financing, first of all, other than you have to be able to afford it? First of all, about a cabin as a second home yep. versus a Lakeshore property that you're buying as your primary. Any, any difference in financing? Well, a second home requires a larger down payment, okay. so it has to be 10%. At least, and the second home occupancy needs to make sense. So we run into this quite often, and with uh, not quite often, but the odd time. So somebody will say they're buying a second home. Well, they own a house in Burnsville, mm-hmm. and they want to buy a second home in Lakeville. Okay. Well, it's not really a second home at that point. What they're doing is they're probably trying to buy a, a home for a family member or something. So there's ways to do or maybe, an investment property you know, or an investment property. So it's the questions are like, who's, you know, up right away, well, right. who's going to live in this property? I mean, you live right. in Burnsville, yeah. buying a place in Lakeville. Well, it's for my daughter. Okay. So you can, you can either be a non-occupying co-borrower with your daughter on the loan, and then you could do it as a primary occupancy because somebody on the loan is living in the house. Mm-hmm. However, if your daughter not going to live in the home and isn't on the loan, well, then you have to do an investment property. And investment properties, the down payment requirements are quite a bit more. Okay. 15% is the minimum, but your best interest rates on investment property are going to be 25%. Okay. So we get a lot of calls on investment properties, and you can definitely do them. It's just, you're, you obviously, you need to have some money into the yeah. game. The banks look at It invest- is, after all called an investment yeah yeah so you can't buy an investment property with no money well and which bill are you going to stop paying first right your your renter stops paying rent and you get laid off well you're probably going to stop paying the mortgage on the rental property before your primary house right yeah so that's sometimes we get those questions like you can't do an investment property with five percent down used to be able to yeah that's what that's what resulted in 2006 yeah yeah so we get that question quite a bit it's like well no you need 20%, 20%, but then a lot of investors, too, are pretty savvy, so yeah. they know it's 20% or 25 so they can get the best terms. It's your, it's the new guys yeah. you know, that we get the calls from that are that are young, and they just they think it sounds like, I mean, it's a, it's a good thing. I mean, yeah. It's, it's like on a, TV. Yeah. It's on TV. Yeah, yeah. And, and they think that you can get into an investment property with no money. Right. And uh, It's like multi-unit properties as well. Residential financing, you can do one to four units. Well, you know, once you're at two units to four, you're going to need with conventional financing at least 15% down. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to occupy the property and you're going to have other renters in the other units, you could do an FHA loan 
and only put 3.5% down. So we've had people do that. A lot of these two-unit properties sometimes, so they'll be a little dinged up, so they're not going to meet FHA requirements. So we ran into that quite a bit over the years as well. Mm -hmm. What are interest rates doing? Interest rates have been, I mean, knock on wood, I mean, it's been probably 90 to 120 days. I mean, they've been pretty flat. We had that jump up at the beginning of the year. I mean, like last year at the end of the year, they were, you know, 2.75 was kind of the median rate that everyone was expecting when you were quoting them. And then we had that little bit around the election and at the early part of the year, they jumped up. But I would say an average rate right now on a 30 year fixed with, you know, conventional financing is probably around 2.99. So when you're uh, having the meetings with your companies and and talking to uh, the investors and whatnot, what are they thinking that as they look out the rest of this year and into next year, yeah. are they seeing any kind of significant change at all in the market? What they've said, and and this is kind of what they always say, though, everyone, you know, interest rates will probably go up in mm-hmm. the future yeah. with inflation and everything like that, but we haven't seen it yet. But we've been seeing that for quite a while now. Right. So I don't know what it's going to take for interest rates to start ticking up again. I feel like when it does happen, though, it happens right away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something happens in the marketplace and all of a sudden interest rates go from your median rate being 2.99, all of a sudden we're at 3, 3.25 or mm-hmm. three and a half. Do you, do you think it'll be, well, that's a relatively small jump. Do you think it'll be that or is, are we going to see suddenly it goes from the twos to fours? I don't think we'd see that. I mean, that would be drastic and that would definitely slow down the home buying pace and that would maybe even out some inventory in the real estate um, side of things. So mm-hmm. I don't think we would see that. That would be pretty drastic, but you never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I always tell people when you're in a, you know, when you have an executed purchase agreement, I when I talk to my buyers, I always lock them as soon as they have an executed purchase agreement just because interest rates always go up a lot quicker than they come down. So if you lock early in your transaction, which I recommend you should, if you're comfortable with the price, have the conversation with your loan officer and get your interest rate locked right away. If things do, for some crazy reason, interest rates go way down, most mortgage companies, I would say all mortgage companies are going to have some type of renegotiation policy out there where you could get the interest rate down. So I don't think floating an interest rate in any market, unless you're a some type of trader that watches mortgage-backed securities, is smart by any means. When we, uh, earlier in the year, we were having a hard time getting appraisals yeah. done even. Mm-hmm. Is, has that eased up a little bit now? Or, That's eased or? up a little bit. They're still busy. Uh-huh. Um, it depends on the location, obviously. Stuff in your outer areas in Minnesota might be a little bit harder, but they've slowed down a little bit appraisers, so the appraisals are coming back pretty soon. What kind of a time frame are we talking about? I'd say probably... Two, two weeks. Okay. You know, 10 business days or so generally. And stuff in the cities right here in the metro, we're getting back quicker. You know, outer rings sometimes, like I have one in Buffalo right now. That seemed to be a little bit of an issue, but now we're going to have it back here in a week. Do you see uh, how valuations coming in now? Yeah, or? I was going to bring that up because <clears throat> earlier in the year, you have these sales prices coming in. Um, you know, people are... Spiking. Bit, yeah, people are bidding up properties. Well, there isn't the comparable sales in December 2020, January and February to support that sales price. Mm -hmm. Well, now a lot of those transactions have closed in April, May, June. So there's a lot more comparables out there that can support these prices. So we're not seeing as many, you know, as low 
We didn't see a ton of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we definitely did see them. It was crazy, though. People were buying a house for, let's pick a round number, 400000 It appraised for three seventy five. I mean, they were just basically, you know, people didn't care. They're like, we've looked forever. We yeah. need a house. We're, we'll just make up the twenty five grand. If, they, yeah, that's a, if you have the twenty five grand. Yeah. And a lot of times, <laughs> if if you're buying a house at, uh, you know, 400000 and you're putting down 20%, you know that's a three hundred twenty thousand dollar loan. Well, all of a sudden it comes in at a valuation of three hundred eighty thousand. Mm-hmm. We can keep your loan at three hundred twenty. Just you're going to have to pay some type of mortgage insurance at that point. So some people, you know, mortgage insurance at lower loan to values ninety eighty five percent. If you have good credit, it's not going to add a whole lot to your monthly payment. So some people might have had, their payment might have went up forty fifty bucks even with the low appraisal. So what you're saying is is that they went from twenty percent down to five percent down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then took that money that they were going to use as down payment and applied it as additional cash at closing to make the difference up between the appraised value and the purchase price. Well, in that case, they in that case they would have. Um, let me back. Four hundred thousand purchase price comes in at three eighty. Yeah, and so initially their loan amount was three twenty. They just left the loan amount at three twenty, so their loan to value went from eighty percent to like eighty five. Oh, I their see. cash out of pocket is the same, just their monthly expense went up. You know, fifty to seventy dollars because now they have mortgage insurance. So. Okay. You know, so that that was a way for some of the lower appraisals. So how does that make up? So if I have a house that that appra- that sold for 400 but it appraised at 380, there's $20,000 there that the bank is going to say I'm not going to borrow against that. Because we just so our loan amount um would stay at 320 or 3 380, we have to base our financing on the lower of the purchase price or the appraised value. Uh-huh. So initially our appraised value purchase price was 400,000. 80% of that is 320,000. Well, when the appraisal came in, it came in at 380,000. We kept our loan amount the same. It just changes our loan to value from 80% to what is that? So somewhere? there is not necessarily any cash out of somebody's Not property. necessarily. Just depends on the buyer. Some people never, you know, they're very against paying any type of mortgage insurance because mm-hmm. it's an additional cost. Right. But you have other people say, well, you know, we would rather keep our 20 grand for when we move into this house and sure. pay an additional $60 per month then fork out another 20 grand up front. So Is that life of the loan or until uh, the DTIs get, uh, well, loan to values get down to 80%? Yeah, mortgage insurance on conventional financing, yep. you have to have it on the loan for at least 12 months. Yep. After a year, you can go to the servicer. Now, it's not as easy as a phone call, drop my right. mortgage insurance, the servicer... They're going to have a fee associated, you yep. know, say 500 bucks because they have to pay appraiser. for an appraiser to go out there. And then, you know, once you go through all those steps and can document that you owe less than 80% of the home's value, then you can drop the mortgage insurance. So rates are great. And if you're refinancing, you can still do that quick? Yep. Refinances are quick. Give us a call. My number is 612-432-2252. That's it for this week on Your Real Estate Chalk Talk. Thanks for staying with us. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to your Real Estate Chalk Talk with the Hitner Group, the leaders of the number one Coldwell Banker Burnett real estate team in Minnesota. If you want to get more when you sell and pay less when you buy, call 612-627-8000 or go online to hitnergroup.com.